Hey y'all, you are joining me today on the 50th episode of Let's Be Real. Wow, it's crazy that we've been doing this for 50 episodes. Um, If you have been with me from the beginning, I want to say thank you. And if you are joining me today for the first time, I want to say thank you and hope that you will find something encouraging while you listen to what things that I not just have to say, but more importantly, what God has taught me on this journey called my life. So how has your week been? Mine has been very uneventful compared to last week. Thank you, goodness. Thank you, God. I have not unknowingly eaten anything spicy and I have stayed upright. So check out last week's episode to get the whole story about those two things. But what we have done is we've started this new, say it's keto diet, but it is no bread, no starches, no sugar um, for the month of March. And so I found some keto cookies at TJ Maxx uh, a little while ago and they're okay. They're not the peanut butter chocolate chip cookies I'm used to, but they'll do for the next 30 days. So pray for me. Brian's joining me um, on this little journey that we're taking. And uh, so is my mom. So y'all pray for the three of us and um, Shelby flat out refused. So we didn't push, push the issue with her. But anyway, with that in mind, let's jump into today's discussion. You're joining me today on our third week of looking at characteristics of successful people versus characteristics of people who fail. We have talked about being teachable and taking responsibility for our own actions. These were the first two characteristics of a successful successful person. And let me point out that that's a successful person in general, living your life. If you're teachable, if you take responsibility for your own actions, you're more than likely going to get a little bit further in life. But this is also as it pertains to our Christian walk, our relationship with God. Um, When we're teachable to what He has to show us, when we sin and we confess those sins to Him and ask for forgiveness and take responsibility, we're going to get a little bit further and a little bit more mature in our Christian walk. The first two characteristics of failing, so the, the flip side of those two, that I just mentioned is thinking one knows it all and blaming others for your actions. So in life, if we do either of those two things, we will not have too many friends, nor will we be living a victorious Christian life. Proverbs is the book in scripture that we should look to for practical teaching about this idea of being a success versus being a failure. Proverbs 4, 5 tells us that success begins with wisdom and understanding that only comes from the heart of Father God. These characteristics are the fruit of the amount of wisdom we have individually, and wisdom is the fruit of time spent with the Father. Today's characteristic is no different, so let's get to it. This third characteristic of, quote, success in the Christian life is forgiving others, versus holding a grudge. Are we quick to forgive or are we quick to hold a grudge? When we have been wronged, mistreated, abused, and persecuted, what is our gut knee-jerk response? 
If we are all sitting around a table with a cup of coffee right now, having this discussion, each one of us would have to say our knee-jerk response would be to hold a grudge. To be real, sometimes I prefer to hold a grudge. I like the drama and the conversations that I can have with others when the object of the conversation is the person I am choosing not to forgive. And that's just it. Forgiveness is a choice. Did you hear me? Let me say it again in case you missed it. Forgiveness is a choice. On the flip side, holding a grudge is also a choice. Yes, it may be our natural inclination, but it still remains in our control whether we hold a grudge or forgive. As we mature in our faith and trust in God, I believe it will be easier to make the choice to offer forgiveness. How do I know this? Because I have seen this truth come to reality in my own life. Just recently, I put emphasis on just recently, have I gotten this right? Just recently, I had to make the choice to forgive someone who chose that I would be the object of their mistreatment, bullying, and lies. What did I do? I got mad first, and then I prayed and sought counsel in Scripture. You know what I found? I found account after account and command after command of people who chose to obey and forgive the one who had done them wrong. I knew what I needed to do. So I made the choice right then, and I spoke this sentence aloud, just in case anyone was listening, and just in case the enemy, Satan, had any doubt that I would not follow God in this case. I said, I choose to forgive, and I said their names. I am so far from holy that saying that out loud one time did not take. So any time that my mind went to the offense or a thought about the offender came up, I spoke that sentence. I choose to forgive and I said their names. And then something interesting happened. God blessed me with the opportunity to speak that sentence to my offenders. Face to face, I declared that I forgave them, not because they deserved it, but because God forgave me so much, and I need to forgive to the measure that I want to be forgiven. Did my declaration change my view of my offender or their view of me? No. But it did change my view and understanding of a loving and forgiving God. It did change my view on the power of forgiveness. When I walked away from that table and that encounter with my offenders, I walked away in freedom of forgiveness. Had I not, I would have walked away indefinitely with the weight of that grudge on my shoulders. I thank God that he taught me something about himself during that season Now my prayer is when another season of hurt or offense comes my way, I will be strong enough to offer forgiveness again. Even more, I pray that when I am the offender, that person I offend will find it in their heart to forgive me. Much is to be learned about forgiveness and grudges from Scripture. But there is one guy in particular who comes to mind who had every legitimate reason to hold a grudge, and yet we see the power and blessings when he chose to forgive. That person is Joseph, and the account of his life is found in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 37 through chapter 50. 
We will not read all 13 chapters today, but I would encourage you to take some time and study Joseph's life. Instead, I will try and give a synopsis of why he is an example of this principle we are discussing. His life was a success, and I firmly believe it was because he chose forgiveness. It was a lifestyle choice for him, not a one-time luck of the draw. Let's look at three events in his life that would have justified him holding a grudge. Number one, Joseph was hated by his brothers. There was 11 of them, so he had a lot of opposition. He was hated so much that they plotted to kill him, but instead they decided to throw him in a pit and then fetch him out and sell him as a slave. How nice of them. Talk about trauma. Number two, once he was established as a slave in his master's house, he was sexually harassed by the master's wife. When he would not agree to sleep with her, she reported to her husband that Joseph was the harasser and had made sexual advances toward her, as if. The master believed his wife and had Joseph thrown into prison. Imagine being abused, betrayed, and traumatized by someone or several someones close to you. Imagine being sexually harassed, slandered, and false imprisoned. Number three, as a prisoner, he was cellmates to the Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker. Joseph interpreted a dream that the cupbearer was shown favor and pardoned by the Pharaoh. Joseph asked the cupbearer to remember him when the cupbearer was brought back into the good graces of the Pharaoh. When that dream came true and the cupbearer was restored to his position, did the cupbearer remember Joseph? No. And there Joseph continued to sit in prison. Imagine having a promise broken. I am not naive enough to think that there is not someone listening to this right now who has experienced trauma, abuse, and betrayal from a family member, who has been sexually assaulted or harassed, slandered, and maybe even put into prison falsely, who has had promise after promise broken. If that is you, I am sorry that you have been through that, but I know there is hope. It may begin with forgiveness. For Joseph, his hope was in God, and because of that, he could forgive his brothers, his master and wife, and the cupbearer. On the flip side, let's take a look at Joseph's brothers right quick. They were unwise. Duh. They conspired against their own brother, lied to their father, and sold the brother into slavery. Why? In Genesis 37, 2 through 4, it says, Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending flocks with his brothers, and he, Joseph, brought his father a bad report about them. Now Jacob, the father, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. When his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Talk about holding a grudge. The brothers, instead of offering forgiveness to their father, they took it out on their brother. Instead of forgiving Joseph for the bad report, they chose to hate him and hold fast to that feeling. Well, let's jump ahead to Genesis 50. We see an older Joseph who has gotten out of prison, found favor with the Pharaoh, and has worked his way up to second in command of the Egyptian kingdom. A famine in the land has forced his brothers to come to Egypt for food. There, they encounter the brother they had sold into slavery so many years before. What does Joseph tell them? In Genesis 50, verse 20, 
He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. See, forgiveness. Joseph was focused on God's plan and was able to speak these comforting words to the ones who had traumatized, abused, and betrayed him. Why? Because Joseph trusted God. He knew God's way was higher than his own. So what about us? For more direction on this, we can look to the words of Jesus himself in Matthew 5, 23 through 25. It says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly. There are many benefits to offering forgiveness, and we will get to these, but there are also consequences to not being forgiving. According to Jesus here in Matthew, God in the flesh, who solely wants our worship and sacrifices, would rather not have them if we have not forgiven a brother or a sister. Being unforgiving to a fellow believer is a direct hindrance to our relationship with and worship and response to God. Is holding a grudge worth the chasm that it causes between you and God? Benefits of Forgiveness Forgiveness brings freedom and dignity. Forgiveness eliminates revenge. Forgiveness demonstrates strength. Forgiveness restores relationships. And forgiveness turns bitterness to joy. Bottom line, forgiveness is not an option. We have been commanded as children of God who have been forgiven much to forgive much. I will leave you today with two more scriptures. Luke 6, 37 through 38. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In Colossians three thirteen, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Who do you need to forgive today? What grudge do you need to give up? What will your choice be? If forgiveness, declare it boldly. If grudges, rethink the burden you continue to carry. Is it worth it? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for my friend that is listening. God, I ask that you forgive us of times when we have withheld forgiveness to others. That has been a direct rebellion against what you have commanded in your word. God, I know forgiveness is not easy, but it is worth it so that we can continue to have open and honest relationship with you. And then perhaps our forgiveness would be an example and a testimony to how you're working in our lives. God, for those of us who our knee-jerk response is to hold a grudge, God, would you teach us how to love one another? Would you teach us how to love you? And would you remind us daily of how much we have been forgiven so that we can in turn forgive others? 
Help us not to withhold forgiveness. Help us to drop grudges and help us to grow closer to you. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Whew, that was tough. I know real life is tough. I know hurt is tough. But forgiveness is a yoke that is not a burden, and it is a light weight to carry. Consider it today. I could talk for the next 50 episodes about forgiveness. Instead, let's leave with the truth that it is a better choice. Next week, we will continue this discussion on living a successful Christian life by looking at the fourth characteristic, being grateful versus being entitled. That should be a fun one. I hope you will join me right back here then. Check out Let's Be Real where you listen to podcasts, like, share, and subscribe, and get notified when a new episode drops. Also, you can find Let's Be Real and other podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network by visiting www.kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.